Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. What's up, y'all? Welcome what? to the best life. What is up? Welcome to the best life. Really the, best the best life, life. mon. <laughs> yep. Uh, We're getting our hopes up in 2022. Yes, we are. This is Danny J. And this is Jill Coleman. We have been doing some listener questions recently. And um, these, y'all, these have been juicy. We got some relationship stuff. Love that question about long-term relationships after 40. Uh, got some, we did a whole episode. I don't know if it's posted yet. Is it the one on um, spicing up things in the bedroom? That was a fun one. We did that <laughs> last week. I don't know if that's been published yet. And um, today we have another question. Um, do you want to read out what we got? Uh, let me pull it up actually. Sorry. Sorry. And this is a good one. I feel like this is timely, especially you and I had some big birthdays this year. And, um, this one is specifically around family and perception and things like that. Yep. So this is just kind of to ask us to talk about changing family dynamics when you're not who your family remembers. And I actually, I think this has, this can go a lot of ways. I think it can be in like politics. <laughs> I think it could go with just in general. I, I really feel like changing your family dynamics when you're not who your parent, your family remembers. I think everyone hits this at a certain point when you're going from like high school, you leave, go away to college or kind of leave for a little while and you come back and your parents are still treating you like a teenager. So I think there's, there's some, like the family dynamics change a lot over time. And, but if you're 40 years old and they're still treating you like a teenager, which I had this issue when I was about probably 30, um, there was a lot of conversations I had to have with my family, but so I'm not sure if your family's treating you like that, or it's just, you've become different. Cause maybe you've done some more personal development and they're used to you being, I don't know. You know, so I think it's easy cool. to just project the old. And I actually find myself doing this too, because remember, like, especially if you're, if you live in a different city and you don't see your parents as much, I think if you are seeing your parents a lot or you're seeing your family members a lot, I think it's easy for everyone to sort of stay up on how you're changing because I think you just maintain those relationships a little bit better. It's like, um, I don't know. It's like me not noticing how long my hair grows. And then you not seeing me after three months and being like, Oh my God, your hair is so long. And I'm like, mm -hmm. is it? So I think it's also a familiarity thing. So if you are not really seeing your family all that often, it would make sense that they probably don't actually know you and they project a previous version of you on you. And I think you're probably doing the same to them on some level, right? You're like, oh, they're this way. I think as humans, we just like to, we like familiarity. We like to categorize somebody as being, you know, um, I don't know, this person is anal retentive or this person is, um, you know, is very anxious or this person has a hard time making decisions or whatever. And we just like knowing those things. So sometimes, especially if you're in that, I'm going to call it like midlife, like thirties, forties time, you're probably changing a lot, right? You're coming into your career, you're maybe a parent or, you know, you're being a, hopefully a little bit more, um, you know, responsible for your money and stuff like that. And so you are changing quite a bit and it would be a lot to ask your family members to keep up with all of those things. Mm -hmm. So that's where I go. Like it's your job first and foremost to include them 
in how you've changed, even if that's really um, scary for you or really uncomfortable for you, or you feel like you might even be letting them down or disappointing them. Um, and I'll tell this little story before, um, because this reminds me of, because Danny was there. This was a couple of years ago. Danny was, um, I was living in Venice and I think you had, I don't know, you were just over my house and my mom was in town when you were coming over to my house and my mom came in town and I had took it, taken edible and I wasn't like secretly taking it. I think I just like took it in front of her and whatever. I took an edible and I just, it was like a really, really strong edible. If you've ever taken edible, you know that like, it can be really strong. You just don't know. And so I was, I just got so high and my mom's like in the living room and I was just like, I need to take a nap. And I like went to my bedroom and like face planted for like two hours. And then my mom's on my door being like, uh, Danny's here. And I come out and you saw me, my eyes, Your eyes are, are so bloodshot. So bloodshot. My mom just was like, what's are you okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm sure an edible. I'm just need to sleep it off. And she was like, okay, but that was it. And it wasn't a big deal, mm-hmm. but I also just didn't tiptoe around the fact I that did. like, Hey, sometimes I'll take an edible at, you know, and I just was kind of like, that's who I am now. And I just let her deal with it, you know? And like, to her credit, she kind of like laughed it off and kind of just was like, whatever, she didn't make a big deal of it. But I think it's okay to just show people in your life who you are. And it's your responsibility if you don't like who they project you as. Yeah. So that story reminded me of my similar story. And it came from your advice too. Um, We do need to let them see and not just tell them. It's like, we got to show, it's not showing, it's not just tell, it's show and tell. So you showed by just taking the, the weed uh, you showed by doing it. And she's like, okay. And you're like, and she's just gonna have to deal with that. You know, she could have sat there and nagged you and be like, Jillian, I can't believe you're doing drugs, but whatever she handled it, how she was going to handle it. And I was getting, I came out to LA, I was getting a tattoo on my back and, um, I was going to go home and to Vegas. That's where the tattoo artist was. And that's where my parents lived. And I didn't want to tell my mom why I was there. And Jill's like, why don't you just tell her? I'm like, cause she doesn't want me to get a tattoo. And she's was like just 35. Gonna- she's going to nag. And I'm like, she's like, just tell her, just let her deal with it. And so I was like, because my history and my past, I would just, it'd be way easier just to lie and be like, Oh, I'm just here visiting friends and let it go. And she didn't need to know anything or any reason. And so Jill's like, what's the worst can can happen? Just rip off the bandaid. I'm like, all right, you're right. And it was weird because I was, you know, we, you and I were having a lot of conversations about honesty and I had always considered myself to be an honest person, but I realized go, I told you, I was like, the one person I lied to is my mom. And I did it just not even consciously at that point. It was just like this habit because I felt like every time I told her the truth, I'd get nagged at and I'd have to deal with that. And I didn't want to. So Jill's point was also like, and you can deal with it, whatever she says. So I'm like, okay, went over to the house. She asked why I was there. I said, I was getting a tattoo and she just goes, Oh, cool. And in my head, I was like, what? <laughs> I was expecting a lecture. And then she's like, yeah, let me see. And she lifted it up my shirt and she thought it was fine and didn't say much about it. I finally went. So this is a big ass tattoo on my back. It took four sessions of like eight hours each. So finally, the last time she was like, yeah, it's a little much now, don't you think? Or something like that. That was a little bit more passive aggressive, but it wasn't even that bad. And that was the worst. And I was going, wow, I was going to lie about this every single time just because of that potential negative thing that she said. And it wasn't even that bad. And I was like, yeah, I'm done now, actually. So remember, like you can't evolve the relationship if you keep just not showing them who you are, then the relationship never evolves. 
And this is, this is exactly the point is a lot of times we do start to change and we're like, why are you seeing me change? And they're like, how you're reacting the way you reacted before you're being defensive because I'm talking to you and I don't, how are they supposed to know? So I was even defensive about her attacking my tattoo and I hadn't even given her the chance to say anything about the tattoo. <laughs> you already so in, we you had assuming it was going to be, yeah. That. So we're expecting them to do something we're not doing, which is to, they want, you want us, you, we want them to look at us different, but we're looking at them the same. And maybe they are the same, who knows, but we need to give them a chance to also catch up. They can't catch up if they don't know what's missing, what they've been missing, what you've been up to. Same thing. When Jill and I went to do ayahuasca in Costa Rica, um, I told my parents about it. They were like, we're so disappointed you went and did drugs. And I was like, okay. And then I explained the whole, the experience I had and everything I learned from it. And then my parents came over to me and said they were proud of me after just about 30 minutes early, earlier telling me they were disappointed I was doing drugs. And so they just didn't understand and they didn't get a chance to understand. Cause I didn't, I had never told them before. They didn't know what it was. So sometimes we need to maybe just give them the opportunity and maybe they won't get it. Maybe they're not going to catch up. Maybe they're going to be like, Nope, you do drugs. You have tattoos. You have sex out of wedlock. You're a shitty person. And you just go, cool. Well, mom, dad, this is who I am. At some point they either do have to accept it, or you have to decide maybe you just set boundaries around that relationship. Now, like mm-hmm. if you come out of the closet and they're like, I don't accept you because you're gay and this family, we don't believe in that. Then you're like, I am who I am. So you either accept me and I come here and we don't talk about that. And we, my sexuality is off the table or I don't come visit anymore. And a lot of times your threat to not be involved in the family is enough to get them to at least shut up. And if not, maybe it's, I hate to say it, but I think it's okay to cut off your family. I don't think you owe them anything because they're blood or because they raised you. I think family can be, can treat you some of the shittiest sometimes, and you're not under any obligation to put up with abusive treatment by other people just because they have blood relations to you. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I was actually talking about this exact same thing the other day with my brother, Danny, who Danny Coleman has been on the podcast several times. And we were just talking about how, you know, as siblings, we're all really close. Yes. We're siblings. We're all, all like really good friends as well. And we were talking about how important communication is. And cause we, something had happened between, I had heard like secondhand through my dad, something Dan said, and then I like confronted Dan. I was like, did you not tell me because you didn't feel comfortable telling me or like, were you trying to keep me in the dark? Are you worried about how I'm going to react? Like I, I just called him out on it. Um, I was like, what my dad told me was absolutely fine. But the fact that I didn't hear it from Dan when it affected me was kind of hurtful. And he explained like, oh, I just, that was like kind of an off the cuff comment. It wasn't even like, I wasn't sure that that was even how I felt. I was just talking through stuff with dad and this sort of came out and I said, okay, well, it's just really important to me that we have communications like me too, you know, like, and it wasn't that I didn't want to tell you, I just literally didn't have a chance to, and it really wasn't my, my, my radar yet. So I think, and then we kind of talked about how, you know, we have two other siblings and we want to make sure that, you know, for us, if we want to stay close, especially if you get older, people get married, they have kids, whatever. It's like, if you really value that friendship, that relationship, that friendship, you have to do the hard stuff. You have to figure out a way to, at times, put your pride aside or your ego aside, like all of the old sort of narratives around, because I think what, what Dan and I were saying on the, in our conversation was like, so many people just don't talk. They just assume the worst about the other person. Like, oh, that person, they Susie white them. You know, they literally cut them off. That person is dead to me. I'm just mm-hmm. like, well, a simple conversation around the misunderstanding could have just completely 
illuminated what was actually going on. And then you can continue to evolve the friendship and evolve the relationship. And so I do think in general, most people, whether it's family or not, just have just are proud, you know, too, to the point where they just, and they're, they're self-righteous. I think oftentimes, especially with family, like you said, we're all really close. We don't get in fights with people we're not close with. You know, I'm not going to get in a fight with a stranger on the street. I'm going to get in a fight with someone I'm really close to. This is why we fight with our parents. You know, we're so to me, it's an indication of like closeness. And so if you're willing to do that, which I think you should be like, let's have it out. Let's have the conversation. And then at the end of all of that communication, if we still decide that we can't move forward or can't see it from each other's perspective, then yes, we decide to have some boundaries around the relationship, whatever it's going to look for. But I think there's so much emotion tied to it because you have such a history with this person. That's the difference with family, right? We have a history of dynamics, especially if you grew up with someone, if you're sibling, like you've known each other your entire life. And who you were interacting when you were seven and 10 is not the same at, you know, 35 and 38, you know? And so I think you have to recognize the person as they are right now. And that's always really hard, especially with people that, you know, because we like putting people in the boxes and we like just, you know, tying it off and having it be nice and tidy. But I think we have to allow for the person to be a different person. And of course they are at that age. We have to recognize how often we hold someone in our brain at a certain time in their their lives and they do the same for us. So how many times have you been on Facebook and you see an old friend from high school and you're like, Oh, I remember that was the girl who wore a push-up bra for the first time in sixth grade. And we used to call her tits McGee. And this was the kid who was like blew his nose in fifth grade and got snot on his desk. And it's like, he's a grown ass man. And you remember these silly things about people. So in my mind, my brother, he's only three years younger than me. Um, he just turned 38. And still, I still have a picture of him being like 16 in high school or 13 in middle school. And so I have to remember he's a grown ass man with six children and he has a life and like a successful business, but I still have some thoughts in my brain that he's still 13 years old and he's not. And so he probably has very similar things. Like he thinks of me at a certain age. And sometimes we have these like one ages that stick with us and who we were at that time. And we're not the same person. So while you're struggling, like I've grown my parents and or family or siblings feel it. They don't see where I'm at. You are likely doing the same thing. So make sure that you're giving them the same, uh, benefit of the doubt and courtesy that you would want extended to you. I think it's so, so easy, especially like Joe said, you have history. We just have these memories of people as they were at these moments in time. And then we just put that on them for, for life. And it's not totally fair. And whether you had an addiction and now you're clean or you were like really bad in school and now you're super successful and maybe ask yourself too, why do you need them to see you different? Are you doing stuff to just try to prove to everyone that you've changed? And if you have just let the change reveal itself, you don't have to prove anything, but I, I really think it's important to see, we do the same thing that we're not wanting them to do to us. And Mm -hmm. so we got to look at that and look at ourselves too. This episode has been brought to you by the happiness diet. Woo woo. Love the happiness diet. So you guys, if you are not familiar with this, go to thehappinessdiet.com and check out this program is amazing. It's a program that Danny and I put together. Um, and it's really, really juicy. If you love the conversations we have here, if you are into personal development, if you're into relationships, if you're into kind of being able to like up-level your emotional self, your mental emotional self, uh, this program is amazing. Uh, both of us contributed one of our sort of like our own brainchild. As you guys know, if you're listening to this, Danny and I, we have a lot of similar 
similarities in our story. And we have a lot of, you know, similar ways we come at things, but we also have some different sort of takeaways and different ways that we kind of help our clients and we help ourselves even uh, through some of our biggest emotional turmoil. So for example, if you're going through something with your relationship, if you're wanting to um, really, I mean, I don't want to say like level up your life, but if you do have a situation you're trying to work through, if you find yourself getting in your own way, if you're dealing with insecurities, if you're dealing with, um, you know, ways of just maybe finding yourself needing to like start over and have a better perspective. And really at the end of the day, the happiness diet is a mindset course. It is one that we put together and it is really juicy. And the feedback that we've gotten so far is that it's really, it's, it's going to really challenge you because it's not going to be comfortable. Anytime you guys know this, if you're doing personal development work, if you're doing mindset work, it's challenging because it brings you face to face with all of your sort of own BS and your own insecurities and your own triggers, but in a service so that you can start working through them. So there's videos, there's email automation, there's all these different ways that this, this information, these tools and strategies are, are laid out so you can start implementing and practicing this stuff. It's so good. Um, the course is just for you. If you want to stop defending, de deflecting, justifying, and just be ready to create a life that you love and are unapologetic. And we talk so much about communication. We put all of our tools in here. It has insights, frameworks, and just actual real tools and strategies that you can pull from us. And of course, we'll be sharing plenty of our crazy, funny stories from our own lives. And also some of our stories from clients to just help you give real life examples and make big changes in your life. So go over to thehappinessdiet.com, check it out. You will get immediate access once you pay and you can start working on that life right away. I love that you mentioned that um, about, God, I just lost my train of thought, but I love that you, um, that last part about, oh, like convincing them, you know, yeah. like at the end of the day, like I think there's so much power in just ownership, right? Owning mm -hmm. who you are. Yeah, mom, I take an edible every once in a while. Yeah, mom, I have tattoos. Like there's something about just owning who you are right now that is really just inviting, actually. I feel like it's inspiring, it's inviting, it's attractive, you know, to someone. And so just own it. And then if you reveal to the person clearly who you are now in this moment, you're not 15 anymore, you're not seven anymore, you're who you are now and you do your due diligence to show them that, and they still insist on seeing you another way, then that's not your fucking business to manage. It's just not like, you know, and I would say that about any relationship, we talk all the time in this podcast about like how people see you or how they per perceive you is not your business. And you can't manage that. All you can do is show up with everything on display, your wants, needs, desires, uh, personal preferences, psychological sensitivities, all that kind of stuff and communicate those things or reveal those as clearly and as honestly and transparently as you possibly can and let the chips fall. You know, and I think you have to get to a point like Danny was talking about, like she knew and she was almost preempting that her mom would be upset, but she had run through in her head like, OK, if she does say the thing that I think she's going to say, can I handle it? Will I be OK if that's I don't know if it tarnishes who she thinks I am or she mm -hmm. tarnishes her vision of me or, you know, she sees me in a different light as a result of it. And the answer is yes. At 40 years old, if you can't say this is who the fuck I am and it doesn't mean that anyone needs to like it. But if you can't own who you are, then you got to do some work inside, right? Like you got to do some like, okay, why am I 
still trying to please my parent. Like at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you know, like that you're not a child anymore. So allow for the the relationship to evolve. I love all of my closest family members because I've shown them who they are and they accept me for who I am. Mm-hmm. And luckily we're able to move forward. So right now I, I feel like my, my parents are my best friends. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm exactly who I am with my best friends, with my family, with my parents, all the same across the board. And that feels really easy. And if someone doesn't see you that way, then it's not yours to manage. And then we just sort of, we just like any other relationship, you sort of move apart a little bit. I think that's okay too. I think there's a natural evolution to relationships with family where it, maybe it's not the, maybe it isn't the natural evolution and maybe it should be, I don't know if should is the right word, but we were kind of mentioning this before of your parents are your parents until you become an adult, wherever you consider that if you're 18 or, you know, 21 or however you feel like you're an adult. And then you start to merge into like where you're more peers. You're both adults. You're living your life. They're living their life. And so you can, you're no longer. And this is, I think the piece where <laughs> this is where it can be tricky is if they're still treating you like a child, but you're a grown ass adult. And you're like, they're treating me like a child. That dynamic should shift. I really think it should, but sometimes it doesn't, but it's so amazing when it can to where your peers, your friends, you can have conversations with them. You can be upfront with them. You could say, Hey, I'm not tolerating this. I'm setting boundaries. And maybe until you get to that, where you're peer to peer, I think that's where my mom and I got to after my divorce, I've, we had so much of up and down relationship and a lot of weird dynamics and her treating me like a child, but it finally came to this mutual respect. Like we weren't best friends, but we were like, I respect you as an adult. She respected me as an adult. And we, we had a much better, um, we had much better communication and conversations. And then to Jill's point, helping me kind of drop some of those things in front of her and letting her deal with it. And just, it helped me just not feel like I hated going to see her. Cause I always, I hated the interactions. Cause I felt like I had to hide stuff and I had to lie. Once I wasn't worried about all that crap, it was so much easier to have a relationship with her. And then you move on to the point where you start to become your parents' parents. Like you're parenting them. You're taking care of them. You might be giving them advice. I'm at this place now. My dad asked me for advice a lot. And I know your dad does too, where asking advice about finances and asking advice about what to do. And, and there's a time potentially where you're going to be taking care of their bills or taking care of their, I don't know, helping them with their diapers and things like that. Yeah. There's things where you are the child and then you guys are friends and then they're the child. And it's very interesting, but there's a process through it all. So I don't, I don't think it's easy to go from like that child straight to like, we're friends. And there might be some middle ground there that is a little messy where you're dealing with boundaries. You're letting the chips fall. You're being who you are. You're saying who you're going to be and what you're going to allow. And then maybe as that kind of wears off, you guys can start seeing eye to eye a little better. Yeah. And also just last thing I'll say on this is also just like decide who you don't really care what they think. You know, when I think about like some of my more extended family, I'm sure they see me in a certain way, especially, I don't know, you and I like we're on social media. Right. So like literally, I don't know. I think my extended family thinks that I'm like kind of like a Los Angeles, like snob slash maybe I think I'm like an actress or something. Like, I don't know what they think. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. I, but they just see my social media because we're not talking all the time. You know, my it's only my immediate family members who I've been talking all the time. They know who I am. So I think, you know, also, I'm, but I'm not in the business of trying to fix that narrative over there. You know, it's like, hey, I just am who I fucking am. And the people who I truly care about and want to maintain the relationship is are those are the ones that I that I go out of my way to show them who I am. And, and I hope that that gives them permission to show me who they are. You know, I want to know that, you know, I think one of the hardest things 
as a child is as you get older, starting to see the cracks in your parents. You know, I think, you know, we, we yell at them that we hate them when we're in high school, but really we still look up to them a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you start to have this moment where it's not that you don't look up to them, but you just start to see that they're human too. And, you know, there's something really beautiful about that as, and also bittersweet. Cause it's like, you know, no one can stay up on that pedestal forever. And, but it's really nice to have that connection because to me now, all of a sudden, it's not like they know, and you don't know, it's like, Hey, we both know now we're just trading ideas. And now we can have a real relationship because there's humanity there and there's vulnerability there. And like, so I, I definitely remember, and I have a lot of parents, but, and all of them, like starting to see that stuff and go, Oh, they're just human. You know, they're just trying to do their best. They're still trying. They're just trying to, you know, make the right decisions or whatever. And they did their best. And it's like, that's all. And, and there's something really beautiful about just recognizing that. And so I think decide also what relationships you care about. And for those, those are the ones you double down on. Love that. I really love that. I think something that could be practical to help this too is working on forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back, you know, I know we all have stories of being done wrong by family members and like Jill said, is, you know, like when I turned 37, I was thinking about my mom at 37, how we had such different lives. My mom at 37 had a pregnant teenager as a child. And I was 37 living over at their house and with no kids. And I was going, man, I hated her so much as that pregnant teenager thinking she was just mean and all. And I'm going, how would I have been if I had this scenario right now. And so I just had a different understanding and just being able to forgive and let go forgiveness of the past. And it's not about like, we say this a lot of forgiveness, isn't condoning a behavior that someone did, but it's releasing yourself. It's releasing them of just who they are now. Like that was them in the past and potentially you're wanting them to release you of your past. So we need to go both ways. And so forgiveness work I think is really powerful. And you can read a lot of books on forgiveness and there's a lot of different ways you can go about doing it. But I think that's something to look into if it's, if you feel like you're having these family dynamic issues. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. I mean, this is a great topic and I feel like this is relevant. I know we have done some episodes in the past on like one about like when you're starting to parent your own parents, so you can go and listen to that. I'm not sure. So this question, she just said family members. So she didn't, she didn't specify who in the family, but, um, this is, I think such a great, because we are at that, like, I hate to say like middle life, you know, like Mm -hmm. middle age, middle life, like area where like, yeah, we do have, we have people above, we got people below. Right. So we're trying to, to really manage that. And it's a lot, you know, this is, this is a time of relationships. This is like where you're, you're changing in a lot of ways, you know, in a lot of ways, you're probably in the prime of your career, you know, you're trying to do all things. It's probably the busiest time of your life. And so I feel like these conversations are even more important because I think sometimes we just, you know, we, we see other people, how they used to be, or maybe people project onto you. And I feel like not, we don't really stop enough to have this conversation. So I appreciate her just having the awareness of this and bringing it to our attention for this conversation. It's a good one. Love the conversation. Well, I mentioned this on one of our last episodes, but if you're interested in some of our episodes by topic, go to find us on Spotify, the best life podcast. We have some playlists there. So we have relationship playlists. We have entrepreneurship. We have communication playlists, of uh, all kinds. I think there's like six or seven playlists. So if you're just really interested in some of these specific ones that have to do with relationships, they're all there. So you can just binge on just those and love that. And it, please, if you are there, um, or if you're on iTunes, if you could take a few seconds and leave us a review and five stars, we would appreciate it. It will help other people find us and help us stay ranking high and just keep us going. We need the motivation y'all.
I need it. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't listen to our episode on what one was it? Oh, we have nothing to talk about. Yeah. A couple, which actually turned into like a 50 minute episode. So apparently we did have a lot to talk about actually. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you guys are the best. We so appreciate you. Love this community. Love this family. Love these messages. And thanks for uh, asking us to chat about this today. And we will see you guys on the next episode. Bye guys. Yeah. Bye. Bye.